Chapter Four of Dorothy Dale at Glenwood School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Dorothy Dale at Glenwood School by Margaret Penrose. Chapter Four: A Day of Dangers. What do you suppose will happen next? asked Dorothy as the automobile sped along the narrow road through a woodland way. Don't tempt the fates, cautioned Ned. We can always get enough trouble without beckoning it. It was good sport meeting the little countrywoman and all that, said Nat, but I must admit I did not enjoy the mud bath. I have heard of mud baths in sanitariums. Do you suppose they are that kind? Oh, no, laughed Ned. They perfume the mud and mix it with bay rum. Then they allow it to trickle down your spinal column to the rhythm of your favorite poem. So many drops to so many feet. I'll never forget how you looked when you came up on that rail, declared Tavia merrily. I have heard of such things, but that is the first time I ever saw anyone really ride a rail. And my initial performance, I assure you. Well, do not be so painfully faithful as never to forget my appearance. I think you might sympathize with a fellow. But Tavia only laughed more heartily. She declared he could not have been drowned. Of course, it was wet and cold and muddy. And he might have fallen and not have been able to get to his feet again, remarked Dorothy with apprehension. I am awfully afraid of mysterious accidents, and who can tell what is at the bottom of a spring? For expert testimony replied nat applied to nathaniel white esquire he is in every way qualified oh i say my knee ouch can't move it and he winced in pain let me get there insisted ned you may take a kink somewhere and make us turn turtle besides you will not get so much breeze back here nat was easily persuaded now for the fact was he did not feel at all comfortable the mud bath was getting in its work so the machine was stopped while he got in the tonneau and his brother took the place at the wheel put this dust robe around you ordered dorothy you may miss your coat in spite of the day for the wind is sharp and we cut through the air this way i do hope you'll not be ill never that race mrs hardy gave me or made me take saved my life but it's pleasant to change seats Ned will get a lot of laughs from Tavia, and I will enjoy a chance to talk with you. So the little party dashed along, until a turn in the road brought a row of houses into view, and presently, among them, could be seen a sign that indicated eatables were for sale there. Both girls and boys went in to do the buying, so keen were their appetites now, that each preferred to do his or her own selecting. Tavia wanted buns, cheese, and pickles, Nat had cheese, rye bread, and butter. He bought a quarter of a pound. And besides, he found, on the very tip-top shelf, some glass jars of boneless herring. "'Let's make a regular camp dinner,' suggested Ned. "'Buy some potatoes and sliced bacon. Make tea or coffee.' "'In what?' asked Dorothy. "'Oh, yes, that's so. We did not bring the lunch basket. "'By the way, you have not seen the basket Mother received for her birthday.' It has everything for a lunch on the road. A lamp to cook over, tea and coffee pot, enamel cups, plates, good sharp knives, the neatest things all in a small basket. 
Mother never lets us take it out when we're alone. She thinks so much of it. I should think she would, remarked Dorothy. But we were speaking of a camp lunch. Yes, let's, joined in Nat. It's no end of fun roasting potatoes in a stone furnace. And toasting bacon on hat pins, suggested Tavia. So it was agreed the camp lunch should be their meal. Dorothy and Ned doing most of the work of buying and finding things fresh enough to eat in the old-fashioned dusty store while Tavia and Nat tasted pickles and tried buns until Dorothy interposed declaring if either ate another mouthful before the real meal was ready they would not be allowed a single warm morsel just one potato pleaded Nat I do so love burnt potatoes and a single slice of bacon urged Tavia I haven't had that kind of bacon since we were out at the cedars, and I think it is so delicious. Then save your appetites, insisted Dorothy, and help with the work. No looking for fresh spring water this time. Nat, carry this bottle of milk. Ned has paid for the bottle and all, so we will not have to come back with the jar. The paper bundles were finally put in the car, and then, turning back to the woodland road, it was not difficult to find a place suitable to build the campfire and set table on a big stump of a newly felled tree that Tavia said made her more hungry than ever, for the chips smelled like vinegar and molasses, she declared. So pleasant was the camp life our friends had embarked upon, they did not notice how far the afternoon was getting away from them, and before they had any inclination to start out on the road again, the sun had rolled itself up into a big red ball and was sinking down behind the hills. Oh, it may be dark before we get back to Dalton, said Dorothy in alarm. We should have started an hour ago. But the potatoes were not done, Tavia reminded her, and we never could have left without eating them after carrying cords and cords of wood to the oven. Get aboard, called Nat. I'll take the wheel now, Ned. I'm entirely thawed out. It had certainly been a delightful day, even the accident at the spring was now merely an event to laugh at, while the meal on the big chestnut stump beside the campfire had been so enjoyable, and now all that remained was the pleasant ride home. That is, all that appeared to remain, but automobile rides, like chickens, should not be counted until all is over, and the machine is safely put up for the night. Chickens have the same tendency as have autos towards surprises and disappointments. There's a hill, remarked Ned, quite unnecessarily, as a long stretch of brown road seemed to bound up in front of them. A nice climb, acquiesced Nat. Now, Birdie, be good. Straight ahead, no flunking now. Steady. And he coaxed the machine to a slow, even run that became more and more irksome as the grade swelled. But when we get at the top, asked Tavia. We will not stay there long, answered Nat, for if there's one thing this machine likes to do, it is to coast downhill. The firebird made its way up the steep grade and presently, as Nat predicted, turned the hill crest and flew down the other side. The swiftness of the motion made conversation impossible, for the machine was coasting, the power being off, and surely the firebird was flying through the air. Reaching the level stretch again, Nat threw in the clutch, but a grinding and clanking noise answered his movement of the lever. Hello, called Ned from the rear. Busted. Something's wrong, agreed Ned, 
looking at the spark and gasoline controllers. Presently, as the boys expected, the machine slowed up and then came to a stop. Both were out at once, and they examined the mechanism together. It's the leather facings on the friction clutch, declared Ned. See that one worn off? Guess that's right, answered Ned. Well, now for a horse. I sold my wheel for an automobile. Get a horse, get a horse, sang Tavia, while she and Dorothy climbed out to join the inspection committee. Isn't it bad? asked Dorothy. Bad enough to stall us until we can get it fixed up somewhere, said Ned. We'll have to take part of the clutch out, and he proceeded to do so. Yes, we cannot move until we get a new leather on here, added Nat. I wonder how far we might be from a blacksmith shop. A couple of miles, answered Tavia. I have often been through this woods. Then I suppose, went on Ned rather dolefully, there is nothing to be done but hike to the shop. You go, and I'll stay and take care of the girls, suggested Nat. Oh, both go, chimed in Tavia. You will get back sooner, and you may have some trouble getting it fixed at the shop, for I have been there, and I know the man is as deaf as a post, and, among other things, she finished vaguely, there is a house just across the fields there, and we are not in the least bit afraid. If it will hurry the work, you had best both go, Dorothy added. As Tavia said, there is a house in sight, and we could run there if anything came along to scare us. Well, trot along, Nat, commanded Ned, as he took up the piece of the clutch. This is sure your busy day. I'll race you to the bend to make good time, and I assure you, young ladies, we will not be one moment longer than necessary away from you. We are so very fond of you, joked Nat, that every moment will be unto us an hour. Oh, come, quit your nonsense. If you are going to run... But before Ned had finished, his brother had gained quite a handicap and was making tracks through the glen, and then out again into the open. Isn't it lonely, said Dorothy, getting into the disabled machine after the youths were out of sight. Not a bit, declared Tavia. No tramps around here, but such a day. I almost feel as if one more thing must happen. Bad luck goes in threes, you know. One more will surely make up our day. Oh, please don't talk so. And Dorothy shivered. I do wish we were safely back in Dalton. And the boys gone back to the Cedars. Well, I would rather have the ride ahead of me than to have it all ended. It is so nice to have good times. Sometimes I think I'll just run away and see what there is to do and observe outside of that stupid old Dalton, exclaimed Tavia. Tavia! And Dorothy's voice betrayed how shocked she was at the very thought of such a thing as running away. How could you talk so? Oh, it's all very well for you, Doro. You can have and do as you please. But poor me, I must be content. Tavia, I'm sure I heard someone coming exclaimed Dorothy. Quite likely. This is a common road, you know. We have no fence around it. But suppose it should be some rough person. If we don't like his looks when he comes up, we can run, said Tavia coolly. And leave the car? Can't take it with us, surely. For a few moments neither girl spoke. Dorothy had never gotten over the fright she had received when the man Anderson followed her for the purpose of getting information about the Burlock matter, and every trifling thing alarmed her now. 
it's a man said tavia as the form of a heavily built fellow could now be discerned on the path oh and he has that same kind of hat on sighed dorothy referring to the hat previously worn by anderson and it really does look like him let's run we have just about time to get to that house come out this side there give me your hand and tavia glancing back to the figure in the road took dorothy's hand and urged her on over the rough path until dorothy felt she must fall from fright and exhaustion the road to the farmhouse was on a little side path turning off from the one followed by the boys on their way to the blacksmith shop having once gained the spot where the roads met tavia stopped and looked back at the car i declare she gasped he's climbing into the machine oh what shall we do wailed dorothy can't do a thing but hide here till the boys come we can see him if he gets out but if we went over to the house we might miss the boys and they might run into his arms oh cried dorothy i am so dreadfully frightened don't you suppose we can get any help until the boys come not unless someone happens to pass and this is a back road no one seems to go home from work this way oh if someone only would and dorothy was now almost in tears just see exclaimed tavia he is examining the front now suppose he could start it up but he cannot dorothy declared if the car worked the boys would never have left us here all alone and again she was dangerously near shedding tears there now he is getting in again well i hope he stays there until someone comes said tavia isn't it getting dark and if the boys do not get back or perhaps we had better run right straight on we might get to some town we will be running deeper into the woods and goodness knows it is dark enough here no we had better stay near the house then if worse comes to worse we can ask them to keep us all night tavia you make me shudder cried dorothy of course we will not have to do any such thing but tavia's spirit of adventure was thoroughly aroused and in her sensational way she forgot for the moment the condition of dorothy's nerves and really enjoyed the speculation of what might happen if the worst came to the worst there he goes again she burst out beginning to see humor in the situation as the figure in the car climbed from the front seat to the back he is like the little girl who got into the house of the three bears one is too high and one is too low there now doro he has found your place just right and we'll go to sleep there see if he doesn't hark that's ned's voice and that's nat's yes here they come oh i am so glad me too said tavia in her pardonable english had we better go and meet them no indeed the man in the car might take it into his head to come too better keep quiet presently ned and nat reached the corner hush called tavia coming out from her hiding place well what on earth began nat listen commanded tavia there's a man in the car he has been there ever since you went away in our car well his time is up blurted out ned he must move on and the boy's manner indicated i will make him move on but he may be dangerous cried dorothy oh please ned don't go near him until you have someone to help you but what would i be doing said nat in that same challenging manner come along ned we will teach that fellow to let our girls and our property alone 
but please begged dorothy clinging to ned call someone from that house he did look so like our friend anderson finished tavia for dorothy seemed too frightened to utter the name did he though and nat gave ned a significant look all the more reason why i should like to make his acquaintance you girls will have to hide here until we get rid of him and we have no time to spare if we want to work by daylight come along ned girls don't be the least alarmed we will be down the road after you in a jiffy it won't take two seconds to put in this clutch but i feel sure it is that dreadful man wailed dorothy oh if some strong person would only come now you just sit down there said ned tenderly and when you hear us whistle you will know it is all right it may be only a poor farmer resting on his way home but the girls were too certain that no farmer would have enjoyed climbing from one seat to the other as they had seen this man doing and they had strange misgivings about him of course anderson was in jail but now don't be a bit worried added nat we will be spinning down the road directly and at this the boys left the girls again and started down the road to interview the strange man in their automobile oh i do feel as if i shall die cried dorothy let us pray tavia that nothing will happen to the boys you pray but i have to watch answered tavia not realizing how scriptural her words were for if they should need help i have got to go to that house after it then on the damp grass poor dorothy buried her head in prayer such prayer as can only come from a heart in distress tavia as she has said stood straight out in the middle of the road watching through the dim light the boys were at the car now and they were speaking to the man end of chapter four